Uh, do you want to sing the intro song this week? Oh, that's okay. Wow. All right, <laughs> leave it to me, I guess. Well, you know, uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just getting ready to, you know, improv a uh, a song for us. Let's do it. Do you have a lot of improv experience? None. Fields of work. Fields of work. Hey, hey, it's fields of work time with Sam and Max. Uh, I had a little hip-hop vibe to the start of it there. <laughs> well, you know what it is, Max? It's because I saw Hamilton. And now now that I've seen Hamilton, I'm just uh, I'm just looking for little looking looking for places where I can bring a little hip-hop into my day. You're going to be insufferable, aren't you? <laughs> no. I've seen I, Hamilton now, and now you're just... <laughs> Nice. I will be, be I will be it. the normal amount of insufferable, not extra. Well, we'll we'll have to talk about your experience. All right, check in uh, round. Okay. Max, check in round question for you today. What kind of vegetable are you? Well, I saw that you already had this in the document, and uh, this is very interestingly timed because one of my coworkers sent out a text recently that well, one of those te- like, tests you can take, you know, to tell you what kind of something or quiz, uh-huh. what kind of x y or z and this one was what is your spirit uh your spirit vegetable oh all right and um i don't know if i fully agree with the spirit vegetable i got but i can tell you what the the quiz told me i was okay um and supposedly i am fennel is my spirit vegetable (laughs) wait is fennel a vegetable i thought it was more like an herb or a spice fennel is a is a vegetable it's the bulb people use fennel fronds and stuff as a garnish Uh, it's a little you know yeah but um, I hate fennel. <laughs> Isn't that like a licorice flavor, sort of? Yeah, yeah. It tastes like it's in the uh, anise family, which means it's oh, yeah. pretty lic- pretty licorice-y. Um, so I don't like the flavor of it all. I have a big old little bio here about why it says I'm fennel. Oh, but... please, please, please tell us. Oh, well, it just says that there's a, there's a lot to love behind the many layers that make up a unique, <laughs> subtly sweet bulb of fennel. <laughs> like ogres. Ogres have layers. Fennel has layers. And uh, it takes wow. some time nice to peel Shrek, back those nice layers. Nice Shrek reference. Thank you. It <laughs> says it takes time, uh, some time to peel back those layers, but once this introverted veggie has time to open up, you'll find fennel is grounded, driven, and has a heart brimming with passion. Wow. Um, it goes on to say fennel yeah. thrives in the cooler weather during spring and fall, okay. and you'll often find it soaking up the crisp air on long, meandering strolls outside because <laughs> fennel walks with legs, apparently. <laughs> And it says you don't come across fennel every day, which makes this quietly confident vegetable all the more mysterious and memorable. Wow. Which I think that's, that was pretty much me, right? Yeah, nailed you to a T. <laughs> um, but I guess if I had to choose a, what kind of vegetable I'm going to be, I probably would choose something like that does thrive in, in spring and, and fall because those are kind of when I like farming okay. the most. So pick so, one. I'm going to pick carrot. Carrot. Maybe carrot. Right. They're, pretty, they're pretty like, I don't know. It's pretty mellow, pretty pretty unexciting, but that's okay. I wouldn't describe myself as the most exciting person, so. All right. But what are you? Uh, I, I think I got to go with potato. I have the body of a potato. I was say, you're just going on physical looks here. <laughs> Is there anything else? And if, you leave you me like in the, if, if you leave me in the dark too long, I start to sprout things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, anything else? I don't know. You burrow, uh, you, you burrow in the summer. I feel like a potato know. is pretty versatile. You can it like is. do a lot of different things with it, and I'm a pretty versatile guy. I can do you know a little this, a little that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Potato. There we go. <laughs> All right. Do you feel checked in sure. now? Yeah, I'm checked in fully. All right. Cool. So, so we're racing a thunderstorm. Is that correct? Yeah. If I'm gonna, if you hear me getting quiet, it's because I keep looking over my shoulder, look out the window to see this thunderstorm that's rolling in, uh, and Lucky. I've got and I've got my phone right here to give me updates on on it to see if uh there's a tornado warning or anything uh i'm um, very much looking forward to whatever happens here but if we've learned anything about you if there's gonna be a tornado you're just gonna sit here and record right through it uh, yeah because i take my i take my work very seriously exactly and this is work for sure yeah. um if, if you hear if you hear me getting quiet it's like, and i'm looking over my shoulder it's because um i didn't give my dog any treats what for anything while i'm recording i just hope she's tired and right now she's she's sleeping so we're going to hope that continues. Okay. If I go, if you hear some noise over here on this side of things, it's me calling a timeout and trying to, to resolve the situation. But All right. for now, we're good. So let's enough. do this. Let's, good let's do this. We're ready. Good, we're ready to conditions. go. Um, all right. So what do, we, what do we do in this podcast? Uh, I think we should recap. Well, last episode was a fun one. We were in person together. Oh, yes. That felt like Which, a, ages ago. I'm going to agree. It did feel very long ago. But yeah. since then, one, I want to hear your... Uh, 
your opinion or critique of dinner because we went out to eat at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. All uh, right. And then you obviously you saw Hamilton's. So, yeah, okay. got to give us that Hamilton update. Okay. Um, but we can start with dinner. Dinner. Uh, what can I say? Dinner was delicious. Uh, we went, I feel like we kind of went all out. We did it upright, had some appetizers, some drinks, big old entrees and dessert. Like it was, it was, it was solid. How was your drive home? Did you find it difficult? (laughs) Yeah, it was, um, it was a sleepy drive. Yeah. Not the sleepiest drive I've ever had. It was just like a very lethargic drive because it was like nine o'clock and two and a half hour drive. And I was filled to the brim with steak and dessert and vegetables. I think the coffee that I had right at the end was pretty clutch. Yeah, I think that might be the most food I've had in a very long time. Yeah. So what'd you what'd you order again? I had the New York strip, or whatever you know, of steak. steak. Yeah. Right. Um, and I had and I had the bone-in ribeye. And I think Haley had some fish to round she it did. out. She did. It was all ridiculously good. Yeah. I have yet to have a steak there. From the, no, from it the... was legitimately probably the best steak I've ever had in my life. Definitely like top 10, top 5 best meals I think I've had. It was legitimately good. All right, good. That's good to hear. That make the that make Brendan very happy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what they strive for. But we we even cool. ordered we even ordered just uh, some raw vegetables just so we could really get your handiwork, uh, really experience it. Yeah, you could taste the farmer taste hands the on this crudity. I'm like, mm, mm, this tastes like my brother. Yeah, that's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun because you did get to say crudite. And anytime crudite. you get to order crudite, it's pretty nice. Crudite. But yeah, dinner was solid. Was. Um, we don't have to recap the farm or anything else. I think we talked about everything we else did. that we did. Yeah. Um, so then you finished your trip off the next day seeing Hamilton. Yep. Uh, tell us all about it. Well, I have largely stayed outside of the cultural phenomena that is Hamilton. I, I have not listened to any of the music up to this point. Uh, I had read the book, but that was more so because I'm just a history guy, and I had read it before I knew it was a play. So, you know, kind of hipster on that. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I was fully prepared to be a real poopy pants and say, meh. This is not very good. Everybody said it was the most amazing thing ever, but there's no, you know, it's not good. Uh, But then I saw it, and I have to say it, people are excited about it for a good reason, because it's really freaking good. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, I've never even seen it, and I can tell that I'd get pretty hype watching it. Oh, yeah. It was. Did you feel a range of emotions? You know, I feel like you're, you're a Sperlin, you're not the most emotional person, but I I feel like there's a couple spots. I had some, I had some tears. I had some I had some fist pumps, I had some tears. It was the full gamut of my emotions. All right. That's a pretty good review. Any favorite songs slash moments? Oh yeah. Dude, the best song is Satisfied. Yeah, that's a good that's a proper answer. Yeah. And was the was the the girl that played uh is that Angelica? Yeah. She um, was awesome. or a lot. Yeah. They were all good. That's good. No, no one stood out as being maybe not right for their position on the uh, cast. No way. They were all like super solid. Nice. I thought like George Washington was like perfect. Cool. Was yeah. it still? I have to ask. It's still pretty diverse cast. I mean, the oh, original yeah. Broadway cast is very, very diverse. I mean, there's barely a, a white person on stage playing. I think in the original yep. Broadway cast. So I was yep. curious if they kept the. Still is. Sweet man. Which, yep. That's exciting. I'll get so, around to seeing it one of these days. Yeah, they're going. Uh, I've done a little research. They're going to be in Grand Rapids uh, next uh, winter, January 2020 or February 2020. So okay. that might be. Well, you're in Mich- you're not in Michigan anymore, but I'm going to try to get. I think we're trying to get mom over to it at that point. Yeah, way to give away your idea. And your she already knows. Pot. Okay, <laughs> she's one of our few listeners. She's, she, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is she's true. Our audience. Yeah. <laughs> All right, did you guys do anything else to finish off your trip? I know you went back Saturday, so. Uh, beach. You know, beach. just beach and sunburn and food, and that's about it. Yeah, you described your diet to me when you were here about what you were eating, and it just sounded very, very seafood heavy. My stomach almost hurt hearing you describe <laughs> what you ate, so. <laughs> A lot of, yeah, had some more lobster, uh, well, I ate an octopus or a part of an octopus on the when we before we went to Hamilton. It was literally nice. just like an octopus arm with all the suckers and everything on it grilled. It was it was pretty great. And wow. I feel like maybe the most vacation-y thing I did was 
I had cinnamon toast crunch for breakfast every morning. <laughs> it was pretty vacation, just like being down at grandma's. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. It was nice. It was great. Are you having uh, yourself a, a detox week? Do you feel like you need a detox from your, oh, your eating? Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of have been like trying to get back on the uh, back on the wagon, just eating reasonably again. Although we have a friend visiting from, from California right now, and yesterday we ordered pizza, and I demolished about seven-eighths of a jalapeno and pepperoni medium pizza by myself, and I have just been paying the price all day. We don't have to go into details, uh, but I've been just getting punished. You sound, you sound worn out. <laughs> <laughs> I am a little worn out. I mean, it doesn't help that I ate the last piece for lunch. Uh, okay. But, <laughs> to finish it off. <laughs> well, yeah. It's pizza. Everyone knows you can't let a pizza survive for more than 24 hours after you ordered it. <laughs> not. It would be, it's a travesty if you do that. Well, so how does it feel post-vacation? Hmm. Yeah, definitely took a few days to like get back up to speed and feel back and connected to the work. Uh, but, you know, it's Thursday now, so I feel like I'm, I'm back into it pretty well. Yesterday, I spent all day at the client. Uh, today and Monday and Tuesday, worked from home or from my, from my office. Uh, but overall, it's been fairly productive, I think. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, what about you? What have you been up to since we recorded last? Uh, that weekend, I flew home for oh, – yeah. or H- Haley and I flew home for a wedding. We're gonna um, well, we're gonna save that as kind of a topic. So okay, we'll that's leave fine. It as so that. that was that was our weekend was all back in Michigan. Okay. Um, other than that, um, we can just go farm. We'll do farm update. Yeah, L- uh, hold on. lamb update and also pig updates. Okay, <laughs> lamb update. Um, they're t minus two weeks till first round goes in. Are you giving them to... a lot of attention and just trying to make the most of your time together? Opposite opposite of that <laughs> yeah i just can't get over how unattractive i found the lambs they've got is... old people faces they're like these weird little goblins i am not a fan i'm surprised how insulting you're being towards them were but, they cuter I mean, when they arrived yes they were you know but i think you i think they do get grosser as they get bigger visually but i think you have a special place in your heart full of hate for, for sheep because <laughs> No one else has responded quite the way that you have, which is I just ugh, think it's my, disgusting. It's just been it was just, my expectations were just kind of dashed, so I feel that's where the, that's the intensity that you're hearing in my voice. I expected cute little lamb boys, and I got weird human old people in sheep bodies. Yeah, you got lamb like acne filled teenagers, abscess filled teenagers. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. All right, but um, are, are so they're, they do, they're are they going to interesting. Okay. No, I mean the one thing we start doing now is that you're if you're feeding them in the the corral, which is like where we'll actually back the trailer up to. There's a little uh-huh. like extra square mini pasture basically off uh-huh. the main pasture. So we've just been feeding them in there because you do want to get them used to that space, like because they're not used to going in it. It's usually blocked off during the rest yeah. of the year. But these sheep are absolute fiends for their grain, so it doesn't matter where you put that stuff. You could put it on the other side of the fence; they'd break through the fence to get to it. So. <laughs> I pretty much today. I had to feed them this morning over in the corral, and it was they were all probably like 200 feet away from me, and they, I kind of snuck in there. And uh, anyways, what happened was I I went in there and I started pouring out the grain. I was like, I'm being really sneaky. They can't hear me. And like right when I got ready to, to run away, I like slapped the bucket like three times, and um, they all came sprinting. I mean, imagine those things moving. They move surprisingly fast for being chunky boys. <laughs> you know, know the image I just had was. Uh, was like mom getting the cereal out of the pantry when we were little kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the food is out. That's pretty much how they acted. And so it turns out getting them used to the corral, not hard to do. They seem pretty. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're super into it. They have no idea where they're standing when they're eating. It's just that there's food. Yeah. Um, I, mean, so was, I mean, really, honestly, same. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're so they're good. Um pigs nothing different. The pigs actually look bigger now though. Um I can't remember, were you insulted by the pigs for any reason? You no, I thought they were awesome. They were yeah. interested in me. They were super down with the crappy peaches that I threw to them. They mm-hmm. have tight little butts. I mean they're they're just crazy. <laughs> what's they're not, cool. What's not the love? Yeah. <laughs> tight little pig butts and they're very dog like in the way that they act too. Um yeah. today we were doing a lot of weeding and giving them all the scraps and they were laying in the shade of the trees, kind of like 
on all like laying down and had their head between their front paws and were just watching, just like <laughs> looking at us, throwing all the stuff into their pen. Um, but they're getting they're getting hefty. Um, but they still have a long time before. I don't know when exactly we take them in. But other than that, I had a semi-stressful day on Tuesday. I delivered. Um, so we delivered to our other restaurants once a week. You know, there's the one on site that we right. ate at. There's three other spots we deliver to that are one's a catering group, two other ones are restaurants. Um, and I was delivering all of them in one day, um, which is basically a four-hour adventure. Are they, are they far apart? Sadly, yes. The two, the two of them are very close together. They're 30 minutes, you know, straight northeast mm-hmm. of, or sorry, yeah, northeast of here. Those are easy to knock out together. But the last one is on the south side of Boston, um, kind of down even close to the ocean. So, so what a, makes that a stressful day? I feel like it would be like a nice break. You're not in the fields well, all day. You're just driving and listening to tunes and delivering stuff. Very much so. I did think it was going to be, and it was mostly pleasant. Um, but so we have a fairly crappy pickup truck, mm-hmm. and I'm delivering. I have to fit all this stuff in the back of the truck. So we have, um, instead of instead of three deep in the window, Sam, we had three three crates high. We were rocking three <laughs> okay. three crate height here in the pickup truck of of totes, um, which is sketchy to begin with. And so I was just packed to the brim, including the cab. I had like produce around me. It was like <laughs> our fam- It was like our family on a road trip, you know. <laughs> the Except last- if your family was vegetables. Yes, exactly. If, you're, if you had a car full of vegetables and, you know, the last pillow goes in the last spot the rear view mirror could possibly see out of, yeah. that was pretty much what I had going on. And so the truck was just fully loaded. I had gotcha. bungees over stuff. So I was – and I, you have to take the highway to get there. So I'm just waiting for, you know, <laughs> straight to out of like a everything. 19 – Yeah. Yeah. Like I just imagine like, you know, like, in the, like driving like a produce truck in the 1920s and they take a wide turn and, and <laughs> tomatoes go – tomatoes go – or cabbages go rolling out the back of the truck. That's pretty much what I expected to happen. Um, but so the delivery part went fine. I delivered the last one and I'm putting everything away. I get a lot of extra totes back. You know, they're, we're constantly, it's a cycle of getting old totes that we took there before. Right. I'm putting them back of the truck. They're all empty. I'm, they're like the fold top ones that, you know, I used to store like hot wheels in like that kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so they lock shut. So I have all these totes in the back of the truck. I have them all closed. I have, everything is like the bungees aren't on, but I've jammed stuff in there so aggressively that there's like. I can hardly pull on anything to get it out. So I'm like, all right, I feel comfortable about this. Anything that was lightweight, it went in the cab. I'm driving home on like noon on a highway, fairly busy because it's Boston, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm driving down the left lane, and I'm already just kind of stressed because it's bad traffic. I'm driving a work truck, and out of my rearview mirror, we have these little totes that are probably only like two feet long, one foot wide, and one just goes, whoosh, and <laughs> off it goes out of the back of the truck straight towards the car behind me that I was in the left lane. The car dodged it um, incredibly in full traffic. It was amazing, like a matrix move. And I oh, think man. who knows where that tote went. I mean, it's, it could be on the highway still or something. You know, obviously it's on the shoulder now, smashed to pieces. Right. Good thing it's not spray painted with the phrase Gibbet Hill Farm on it. <laughs> it is. Oh, is it? But I, it is. Yeah, no, it says. Um, so that first crate went flying. I was like, oh, shit, oh, shit. So I like got over two lanes of traffic and pulled over to the shoulder on a really busy highway. Luckily, there was like an emergency pull-off that I just drove with my hazards up to and got off and stepped out of the truck. And I obviously everyone like, – I know I mean, those people that all saw it happen have already gone way back past me now. But um, I don't know why I was waiting for like someone to come follow up with me and be like mad at me and like swearing at me. Right. Um, no one followed me into the pull-off and I went to the back and I pulled out all those – there was more of those little crates. I don't know how anything – I don't know how it happened. I don't know what caused it to fly off. It was really windy too I guess but – so I slammed anything even remotely lightweight into the cab. So now I'm again packed to the brim full of empty bins in this thing, but then white knuckled the rest of the way home, um, trying to not lose anything, just constantly checking, like a, ner- a very nervously looking constantly in the rearview mirror. I mean, could and, you uh, have like bungeed these down a little bit better so you could be less nervous? I should have tried to bungee them down. I would. I mean. I don't know. The bungees worked really well when I had like a huge stack of stuff, you know, to like pull against. Mm-hmm. I could have, I could have probably figured out a system for it, but this had never happened to anyone before. Like when we put crates in the back, I've driven on the highway a lot faster than this and stuff with these. Um, but anyways, it was just stressful. I, I, I hate the thought of being the person that lost something on the highway and just like damn near caused a pile up of because of an empty tote. Right. Um, always afraid. You know, you're driving on the highway and you see a truck that's overloaded and you're like, that guy's about to lose something. Yeah. That's so. That's so. You, you were that over. guy. Yeah, I was that guy, um, which probably bothered me more individually than it bothered the person that it inconvenienced for 30 seconds who had to dodge it. Right. Um, it, it lingered with me. That guy probably stopped caring. Um, well, once, not, ag- not once again, you're just describing the, the Sperlin malady 
of not wanting to be an inconvenience to the people around you. Yes, very much so. And like, and I know that guy's probably not talking on a podcast about what happened to him. <laughs> um, and here I am. So yeah. that was that was stressful. But I mean, I do love deliveries. I like doing all the driving and everything. But that sucked. All but right. um, that was that was my excitement for the week, pretty much. <laughs> uh, no more rats. No more rats. More bunnies. More. A lot of, I feel like there's a lot of lot going on on the farm with animals everywhere I look. A lot of snakes. But no, just the one, just the one rat that you got to witness. Wow, I'm so, I feel kind of honored. I kind of think you brought it with you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You're the big city guy. I think you brought rats just follow you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a real Pied Piper. <laughs> you're like a shitty, you're like a shitty Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, rats and gross things following you. But yeah, yeah so that was, that was about it. We are also, I guess the other thing is that like, it's officially, to, August is like tomato season. Um, so we're, we're, you know, tomatoes up to our eyeballs here, um, which is a good thing, I guess, if we were doing a lot of canning and stuff, but I think we're overwhelming all of our restaurants with excessive tomatoes, but you know what happens? Yeah. Can't, if, can't if, stop the meters. No, you can't stop the meters. And I feel like as a restaurant, you gotta, you just gotta embrace it. There's all sorts of great things you do with meters. I know. I keep waiting for like some homemade pasta, some pizza, some good tomato soup, which is going to be on the menu soon. So, um, but I'll keep you updated on what, what they're doing with all of our meters. But right. it's you. basically, our, yeah, I know it's important to you. Um, basically, all of our time right now on harvest days is spent harvesting because August is peak, pretty much peak harvest. Yeah. It's just that like early fall stuff is starting to hit, um, including like potatoes and onions and all that stuff. And then the summer stuff is is full is full on. Yeah. So this will go by in a blur, and before we know it, there'll be all the disease will have gotten to all of our tomatoes, and <laughs> things will start withering away because that's just how it, that's just how it goes. Uh, speaking of tomatoes, I like how our father has been sending pictures of their garden at home to the group uh, text, asking for your like professional advice on whether they're ready. Yeah, we're getting like, like long-distance farming. You know how you? I should be charging them consulting. I mean, yeah, right? exactly. Well, it's, it's like it's like you get progress pictures on some, of someone's child or their dog. Yeah. He just it's, it's it's progress pictures of ripeness of, of tomato. It's like looking big, and then the exact same angle like a week later, like looking more red. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's good. It like makes me feel like I'm helping at the farm at home, the mini farm. That's right. That's so. right. You definitely are. I, well, these, you know, these questions are not being directed to me. That's for damn sure. No, they're not. <laughs> not many questions being directed towards you, no, I guess. what the hell? <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, that's fine. Uh, all right. Cool. Anything Anything else this week? That's pretty much it. I've got, uh, I've got this podcast we're doing. Okay. <laughs> and then. Wow. Thank you. No, and uh, I'm actually looking forward to this. This Saturday, I'm going to a. Um, this is going to be a mouthful of words here, but it's a uh, natural dyeing class for dyeing fabric using um, wow. food scraps. I, I was. And... I, wait, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. When you said natural dyeing, I thought you were like talking about like assisted suicide. Yeah, no, it's pretty much the interpretation everyone's gotten when I've said okay. that. But there's really no better way to say it. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Say so you're going to learn how to dye cloth with food. With food scraps, basically, um, and farm scraps and different things that grow in the yeah. wild. Um, that sounds, that sounds like a Portlandia sketch. I was gonna say it sounds like it should be out of Zelda or something, but it does also <laughs> sound like a Portlandia sketch. <laughs> That's fine. I just think you know what? It's pretty cool the things you can do, and especially being on a farm, I'm surrounded by all this stuff that this you know you can That's use true. to dye things. Um, and it's a good combination of my interest in fashion and farming. So, um, this oh, class is. This class is out in uh, Western Mass, about two and a half hours away. But it's being held on a farm, which is cool. Um, so I'm you'll, excited you'll, to go. You'll feel at home. Yeah, I'm excited oh, to attend. I know this. This is a yeah. farm. <laughs> I'll, feel, I'll feel extra safe. But um, yeah. it's somebody that I followed actually on, on Instagram for a long time who does this kind of stuff. Oh, and wow. she's finally hosting a class up this direction. So, so in my being, mind, oh, I'm guessing it's probably more than taking like a tomato and just like mashing it against a piece of cloth. Yeah, um, I think it is a little bit more of. Um, it's more than just eating a meal and getting food on yourself, which is what I'm already an expert in. Yeah, and you which know that does dye my clothes, kind of. It's a more natural approach, like a very um, yeah. artistic approach to it. You know, letting it happen over time, like a tie dye effect. Yeah, um, I'm I'm real Jackson Pollock of staining myself. <laughs> you could really point to each stain on your shirt and really talk about what that one was from, mm -hmm. which is nice to have that story about each one. But it is, I you know, I I can't speak to it because I haven't taken a class yet. But I'm pretty sure it's a lot to do with 
taking like you know onions like red onion skins you know is something you can use the dry peeled um and you boil them in water and some you know, a mixture basically to make a concentrate um that you then would soak a natural it has to be a natural uh fiber usually um and it'll absorb all that the color and it's pretty incredible the the colors that you know i can talk about this more next week but the colors that things produce are not exactly what you'd expect hmm. um like avocado skins and pits dye things like a really nice light um like mauve or a really nice like pink purple color which is That's not what cool. you'd expect i don't think but um you so don't yeah, know what i would expect i don't i don't did you have any i just spent a lot of time thinking about what color avocado dyes things i was gonna say a light mauve uh purple <laughs> uh color yeah okay wow well i guess we're so similar <laughs> i guess you do that but um <laughs> it's cool because too the 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 farm is or the restaurant group is reimbursing me for taking this class because we're gonna teach they do these farm classes they just uh-huh. started doing it this year but spring and fall the spring ones we did um like fermentation there was a cocktail class there was a um like an actual gardening class you know just different things like that that are always based on the farm and yep. um they were fairly successful there was a foraging class that i went to um we're trying to do they're trying to do a, a fall winter one so there's a jam making class like a wreath making class from dried flowers um and one of them's going to be natural dyeing so i'm going to help teach that in november cool um so this is this is kind of my, my my lessons on on um being able to hopefully teach this class in november and feel like i can um, teach people how to actually do it. So, 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 what class are you guys bringing me in to teach? Yeah, what's your farm connection? What are you going to teach us on a farm? Huh. I mean, it's what, be, what, it's, what can't I teach you on the farm? Really, is the the actual question here? Should be like shatter. shatter it's still going to be exactly the kind of work you do, but just held on the farm, like yeah. you know, like breaking up your bureaucratic, old fashioned <laughs> corporation. Yeah. At Jimmy Hill Farm. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we talk about doing is like breaking down silos, uh, but we can literally break <laughs> down a silo at your farm. There we go. Yeah. Uh, I'll, how, I'll, I'll pitch the idea. Yeah, let them let them know that I'm available for for <laughs> doing. You know, and you know what? You may you may look at me and think this guy doesn't know anything about doing a farm thing. I bet right. you I do. <laughs> I, I could I, you know how to how to how to belittle a lamb. I can do that. You did that pretty well when you were here. I did. How to spot a rat. How to, sp- how to find a rat and go, what is that? What is that? Is that a rat? <laughs> how to ask, what's that? What are we eating? What's that for? What's that, what, what's that growing over there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's right. about it. I'll have a better update, obviously, next week. But I'm excited for that. All right, cool. Big, big week. Big week. Big, big, big travels. Big, I, mean, I, feel like a real, I feel like a real traveling man recently, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, do you want to hear about my week, or do you want to dive into your travels? No, well, tell me about your week. Oh, Don't gosh. let me skip your week. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Unless... Wait, and, wait, and not ask follow up question. What, what is this? Is the Mac show? God, yeah. <laughs> you have to carry both sides. Well, you know what? This is the part where I open up my calendar yeah. and I just talk vaguely about various well, shit that I did. This is the thing: is you want to talk <laughs> about your week, and then you're never ready to either talk about your week. I'm ready. I'm doing it. Here we go. Here yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. Monday. Yes. Eight thirty. <laughs> walk to the office. That's not on your thing. Does oh, it say don't... walk to the office? Yeah. And I have a little emoji of a guy walking. What now can I ask why that has to be put on there for spe- is that just specific you need to know a specific time to leave? You don't have a routine of always leaving by eight thirty? No, I always leave around that time. I like being able to look back on the day though and know exactly how I spent my time. What was I doing at eight thirty five? That's right, I was walking. <laughs> walking to work. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Anything, do anything interesting on Monday? Uh, let's see. Monday, <laughs> Monday was a lot of just me get, shaking off my vacation funk. How was, uh, how, was your, how was your walk to work? Oh, it's good. It's like a 15-minute walk. I like it. You scenic sights along the way. It's like exactly any, any... a mile. Uh, I walk by a fire station every day. It's exciting. Sometimes the the trucks are out. Sometimes they're getting washed. Um, they let you let you sit in the driver's seat. They take a picture of you. <laughs> they give me a little a little ha- a little helmet to wear. So let you honk the, the horn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I always have to walk by this little downtown area that has a twenty four hour diner, and I'm always so tempted to just go in there and like order some biscuits and gravy. But I you guys, I very rarely do. Let me talk about this real quick for a second. So you you guys have diners in in DC. Do you feel yeah. like 24 diners and like yeah. places to get like a kind of like, you know, like a mediocre breakfast? That's yeah. Like, Bobbidi like, Diffs. 
Yeah, Bob and Edith. That's great. Not a thing here. Really? Cannot find Haley and I cannot find. We just want a, like a, a mediocre diner breakfast. You just want a Coney Island. Yeah, it's we and people that we did. Obviously, that's a Michigan thing. Yeah. Um, having those, but. We describe them to people all the time, and they're like, oh, no, there's nothing like that out here. Everyone's too classy. Well, you know what that means, Max. You just got to open one. Here's the thing. I feel like I've learned from all the ones that are in Michigan is uh, I feel like the margins suck. Oh, of course. Uh, It's a restaurant. Yeah. (laughs) But here I am working on a farm where margins can also suck. So I don't know who I think I am. I'll go to a farm to table diner. I was just about to say that, dude. That's our our project. Farm to table shit-ass diner. (laughs) Is that all the side? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Um, somehow, still have to keep the prices way down. Yeah, or we're just bad, or we're just bad at making food. That could be the thing. Yeah. <laughs> just be, the reason it's a shit ass diner is not because it's like cheap and bad ingredients. It's because we're just bad chefs. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if that really helps yeah. our margin. Like, no, <laughs> it's not gonna help the margins. This is gonna be, you know, we get still we get to use good produce because it's coming from the farm. It's yeah. just we're just treating it terribly, apparently. I think if we market it correctly, you know how there are those restaurants where like the whole thing is uh, is all about how bad the service is and how mean it is. Yeah, well, we'll do that. So we'll do that. Plus, also the food will be bad. Yeah, but it'll be farm to table. It'll be farm to table and be really well marketed. We'll have a great Instagram account. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a great Instagram account. It's gonna be on the farm and it's gonna look gorgeous inside. Yeah, Yeah. you'd expect everything about it to be great. Um, When you say it looks gorgeous inside, you're talking about me, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, just just you and I working there. Yeah, of course. A couple pigs. Yeah, okay, the pigs just hang out. Oh, yeah, potbelly pigs just kind of walking around. Yeah, and they sounds- and they they clean the floor, so we don't have to have hire anybody to like bust the tables. Yeah, by the way, this might be called. It should be called like the pigsty. And what we do, what we tell people is that when you're done, when you're done eating, you just push Dump your scraps the- onto the floor, <laughs> and then our our little pigs come by. They'll eat it up, and we're good to go. We don't even give you plates because who has the time to do dishes? You just eat it off the table. Paper plates. <laughs> just, I'm a couple, just we're not animals, Max. Come on okay. now. Now you're just getting a little silly. Yeah, but, but there will be <laughs> barn animals there. Oh, there most. It may actually be in a barn. Okay. Um, so, anyways, you walk past a diner. Oh, we're only on Monday morning at this point, man. It's going to be a I'm, while. I'm not going to ask about your walk every single day. I just was, you know, I want to know right. what Sam sees every morning because, you know, you All go right. there what three times a week. No, not even that. I don't. I I work from home more than I actually go to my office. All right, never mind. So, so the main part of like the beginning of my week was all about um, prepping for a talk that I gave on Wednesday. A, another one of those lunch and learn uh, presentations. So that like almost all of Tuesday was preparing the deck and my speaking notes for that. Um, but, but I also did. Um, I do this thing called Office Hour, which I advertise on Twitter, and it's just I hold basically an hour every afternoon for anybody who wants to just have a conversation because I've had a lot of people reach out to me who want to learn more about the Ready or learn more about org design more generally or any of the other stuff that I write about. So periodically, people will sign. I have this link that I publicize. People will click on it and sign up for uh, a session. I usually do a couple a week. So I had one of those uh, on Tuesday, which is always uh, a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. That's, I, I was curious. I saw you post that on Twitter. I don't actually use Twitter very much, but I was yeah. curious if people actually take you up on, on your yeah, offer. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I've done – I have an ongoing list. It's like I think probably close to 75 people that I've done this with over the last year at this point. Wow. Um, which has been – yeah, it's been really interesting. It's, it's been um, obviously a way to like meet new people and, and learn about what people are into. But for it's also been – just a way for me to practice um, kind of like making a connection with someone in a short period of time, like finding our similarities and having a conversation that leaves the person feeling good and positive about having, having met me, uh, which I feel like is a valuable consulting skill to, to have in any way. So, yeah. Can you, I mean, obviously these are all private conversations, but like what kind of range are people usually like talking to you about stuff? What's like, what are some of the potential topics or things you've discussed with people before? So sometimes it's somebody who is very much part of this world and they either work at another consult, like they are a consultant or they're like a solo practitioner doing work similar to what the ready does. And we'll have kind of more down in the weeds conversations about theory or about kind of the way that we approach the work. Um, but mm-hmm. I will also, and this is what this week's was, was somebody who is doing something completely unrelated, but has learned a little bit, about org design and they are very curious about how to get started working in this space and they just wanted to pick my brain uh, about that 
Um, so those are probably the most common types of conversations that we have. Cool. And then every once in a while, it's somebody who may actually be a prospect to either work for the ready or hire the ready. And we, it, we start the conversation through um, the office hour. That's sweet. So what was this week's Wednesday meeting topic? Topic was cross-functional teams. And like how to, like why your organization should be working, should be setting up cross-functional teams and why, what are you doing? That was a fire truck just went by. (laughs) Okay. I thought you were scraping your chair on the ground. I thought you were trying to like sneakily move something. Uh, (laughs) That would be more comical (laughs) and like I was drawing more attention to it, that noise that just happened. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, cross-functional teams, which I feel like I should probably define really quickly. A cross-functional team is just a team that has multiple different functions on it. So instead of like a team of all HR people or all programmers, it's a team that has like a programmer and a lawyer and whatever other skills you need to actually do the the piece of work that they are um, tasked with with doing. And mm-hmm. I mean that sounds really common sense, but that's not necessarily how teams get how work gets done in a lot of really large organizations. Uh, so it's particularly at this client. So I guess I, I spoke about it both from kind of the organizational level. So like as if I were speaking to very high level leaders who set some of the uh, norms around how teams get created, but also at the level of uh, the people actually on the team and what you might want to do to help that type of team get established and function in a really high level way. Gotcha. So it, went, it went well. There were like, I think we had like over total, like 40 some people who joined for it between in the room and on the call. And, uh, you know, each one seems to be getting a little bit better in terms of people actually discussing and conversing with each other and not either sitting there in silence or just looking or, or just asking me questions. This is an optional thing people for people, right? Yeah, just like totally, a, totally optional. Okay. Yeah, and we provide lunch for people who come in person, which I'm always super into. Yeah, uh, nice. do, you, had, do you get the ch- do you choose the lunch? No, I do not choose the lunch. <laughs> uh, then I had a coaching call with one of the folks at the client, in later that afternoon, and then moving into today was a lot about a lot of just like solo work around a book club that our client is going to be doing. Um, with his peers at this organization. So helping him get that organized. And then I've been writing, curating and writing the Ready's newsletter um, for the rest of the time. Is their book club centered on books about work and things they're like gonna that? Do, they're going to do Brave New Work. Okay, cool. Yeah. So figuring out like how to, how to break that out across the number of weeks that we have and just starting to put some of the meat on the bones of that plan. Are you going to be there for each of those meetings? I don't know, actually. It might just be them. I, we might just do kind of the preparation behind the scenes and then let him um, have it be just client people in the actual session. Might be better and less intimidating to not have you there. Yeah, probably. As the person that's, you know, is edited or been around with the book very and, heavily. And people can be... We, I mean, we we would hope that it would generate some really honest conversation, and it can be hard to do that if there are external people sitting in the room. Yeah, that's true. So that's about it. Boom. That wasn't so bad. I did stuff. Like I talked about it in some detail, right? You did. No, that was good. You don't have to qualify it to me. <laughs> no, I think I'm, I think that was directed at Emily. She's always She always says I don't talk about what I do in enough detail. No, it's, sometimes it can be tough. Well, and, and, yeah, is... and your buddy Bill who says who's, who's maybe the biggest super fan of mine. Of Sam Sperlin, really. Yeah, and he general. doesn't know what I do. So I feel bad. Yeah. I've got to, you know. We'll release a specific Bill episode, <laughs> a Patreon just for Bill. Oh, God, really that would be boring. You go right into detail about what it is you do. <laughs> yep. Do you think you might be less cool to him as soon as he finds out what you actually do? Yeah, I think the mystery the mystery is actually much better. Yeah. Well, maybe we shouldn't – then we shouldn't shatter that just yet. No, I, I agree. <laughs> but uh, Cool. Well, I guess I guess we're done now. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. But we did waste a lot of time in – always talking about yeah. our weeks but that's all right that's fine that's what this that's what this that's hey that's what this podcast is for yeah. okay here's the topic that i want to talk to you about you traveled you traveled this weekend which mm-hmm. i feel like so me coming visiting you on the farm was like coming onto your turf literally and seeing what you do and we have joked about how 
that's probably kind of hard for us to do. Like, I can't bring you into my client's office. And if you came to my office, you would be bored out of your skull. Uh, so I feel like the closest version of that is you flying on a plane. Because <laughs> that is a thing that I do uh, a decent amount of the time. So I'm going to start by just asking, how did it go? Um, it was good, actually. You know, I already talked about how I had a lot of an- I have anxieties around flying. Mainly this is stems your second from the fact time, that right? yeah, I haven't. Yeah. I flew. You know, I had one round trip flight the very first, you know, three years yeah. ago, four years ago. So that was part of my anxiety was, and I did that with mom and dad who had flown before. It was right. nice to me today. This time I did fly with Haley as well, who's flown plenty. But it was different being all the one kind of, you know, being in charge of your own stuff and everything going through it. Um, so it went. Totally fine. We actually had layovers both directions, so I got to experience the layover, layover <laughs> life. Yeah. So tell me, how did you experience the layover? What was the layover like? Uh, it was boring, but that's fine. I had a good book and some where, podcast. Where did you layover? On the way there, we layover in Detroit because we were headed to Grand Rapids. Okay. So how did you how did you perceive the Detroit airport as a layover location? It was nice, actually. It's a it's a nice airport. Were you in the enjoyable. good Were you in the good terminal or the old terminal? We were in the good. We were in McNamara, so we were in a good okay. one. We were flying Delta, um, so it was a nice terminal. We ate. I think we ate lunch there. Did you ride? Uh, did you ride the uh, little tram thing? We we did not. No, we we thought about it, but we just kind of walked around for a bit. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty pointless tram. It sure seems like it, because I mean, all in all, we'll see it. Well, later the second layover on the way back was in Philly, so let's just compare this airport size. The tram seems unnecessary in Detroit. A tram would have been great in Philly. I don't think I've um, ever been to the Philly airport. It's shaped so weird. There's What's so many terminals. Like? Was it shaped like a like a like a blueberry? Yeah, dude, yeah, a circle. Dude, I just tried. I just tried in the moment to come up with the name of a shape, and I landed on <laughs> blueberry. <laughs> wow. What is wrong with me? We talk a lot. God, about food, I am I not good at improv. <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, wow. That could be a shape. We could be somebody. Give me a shape. <laughs> Blue air. Um, but so, anyways, the layer. Wait. So, what is it shaped like? It would be like a uh, shape like an E, but then throw in like maybe two more arms on an E or something. Maybe like a, you know, like a comb then <laughs> or something. Okay. There's like a, there is kind of the main um, drag, and then one's coming off of it. But um, it was like somebody went and kind of like you know. Salvador dollied it up a little bit and pulled on some 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 lines and made things a little bit more odd. But um, it was big. It was a lot bigger than Detroit's. Not at least that's how I perceived it. Okay. But the flight there, uh, the layover was fine. And everything and we flew small planes as well. We were right. flying small planes in small airports. Yes. So we flew out of Manchester, New Hampshire, tiny airport, one terminal, twelve gates. It was wonderful. It was yeah. So easy to park our car. Um, security was super quick. Um, just oh, yeah. Tell me about tell me about security. How what is what is it like going through TSA as someone who hasn't done it many times? Yeah, um, it was fine. I had a pleasant experience both times. Um, I think for, this is one way we can talk about all my things that I had wrong in my head about flying before I've ever flown. Really, um, somehow I just always ex- thought there was more to the whole process of getting in the airport in terms of like security goes really fast. And it's not that unpleasant. It's pretty easy what to take out of your bags and stuff and just like what to do, yeah. which obviously it needs to be because tons of people fly and some people are very dumb. Yeah. And <laughs> some people <laughs> are very dumb. <laughs> so you need to find, make it as easy as possible. So the way there, I mean, there was like no line at all going through security. Right. We flew out really early. It was fine. We were through in, in five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, and then on the way back in Grand Rapids, another fairly small airport, but yeah. nicer. Um, I got through totally fine. Haley just setting off alarms left and right. Apparently, <laughs> I don't know what it was. They said something about her belt, something about her ankles, so that like she got like the full pat down twice. All the bombs searched, that she had with her. Yeah, they searched through all of her stuff, emptied her carry-on, looked through her carry-on, swiped stuff, swiped her hands. It all came back negative. It was fine. It was just an inconvenience, but because I'm the person that I am, we were at the airport super early, um, so it wasn't a problem. But she was a little peeved just because it's annoying to deal with that. Um, but no, I had no problems going through it either. I did not deal with mean people. Um, the TSA people were all fine. Um, it was very, very easy, which I guess is expected. Okay. And then welcome to being white. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thank you. And yes. yeah, and I guess I, I don't know what I had in my head about what it would be like to like. For some reason, on a layover, obviously you just get off the plane, wait in the 
the airport and then you get on a plane again. Yes. So I thought you'd have to go back through a process or something. I don't know what I had built up in my mind about why flying was so difficult. Um, obviously, it's not. People do it every day. But it's because we all, everyone who does it a lot likes to complain about it. That is probably partly it. Um, the other thing, this is so dumb. This is the thing that I had a concern about. Um, I don't know why this would be that big of a deal, but I was worried with my carry-on that every now and then it happens where so many people have carry-ons, there's no space to put your carry-on up above, mm-hmm. and then they got to check it, and it's a big, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had a big, big fear of, you know, because we were sitting pretty far back in the plane that I'd get on, there'd be nowhere to put my bag, and I'd be that mm-hmm. asshole holding this carry-on, not knowing what to do with it. <laughs> um, but turns out, turns out that, first off, most Wait, of let me predict. Were, let me predict. The planes yeah. are so small; they check. They get checked everyone at back. <laughs> they, yep. Yeah. They, yeah. They didn't even do the check thing. They just yeah, you give it to them at the bottom of the the yeah. ramp. They take yeah. it. They give it back to you. Yeah. Um, super easy. Obviously, <laughs> wonderful. And then the yeah. flight back actually from Philly to Manchester, we did have space on the plane to actually bring our bags. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it was fine. Um, nothing. Nothing terrible happened that I can think right. of. The flights were pretty bouncy. I don't know if that was because we were in small planes. If that That's matters. Right. Um, the, I felt like they got just steadily more and more rough. Like the first flight to Detroit wasn't too bad. And then the flight from Detroit to Grand Rapids, like the last 15 minutes were very bouncy and they did say it was windy in Grand Rapids. And that was, that's not a great feeling. I just don't like the feeling where you just like, you like your stomach drops for a second. Cause yeah. you just like fall two feet up, you know, just like fall a little bit in the air. Do you remember, um, were you an avid listener of a uh, file drawer? I did. Do you remember Eric talking about turbulence? <laughs> not specifically he had the most ass backwards uh explanation about why he he actually liked turbulence because to him it was proof that the airplane was, was working, working. <laughs> yes i do yeah. remember that that like physics was working yeah, i, I always remember that eric if you're listening to this you're a weird you're a weird dude <laughs> but um so a little bit of turbulence landing and whatnot there in grand rapids and then actually the flight from grand rapids to philly felt just like you could just feel a lot more movement at times, which I was not a huge fan of. Um, obviously not like when you're at, like cruising altitude and stuff. That was all fine for the most part. Uh-huh. Um, we had really good weather too. We didn't have storms or anything. What um, did you order to drink on the plane? Nothing. I actually, you know what? The last flight I got a coffee because I knew I still had to drive home. Oh, dude. That's, um, the, one, the, most that's, part, that's the one thing you shouldn't get on a plane. Yeah, why is that? Because the Hot water – No. Do some Googling about water tanks on planes. Oh, they gross. They don't get cleaned very often, um, and I'm pretty sure they use that water for making uh, coffee and tea and stuff. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. So, cool. so well, we should have talked about that before. You, I mean, you made it through. Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Um, it just made me stronger. If anything, it didn't <laughs> yeah. taste that much different than bad diner coffee. But yeah. I love that. <laughs> but I mean, um, airplanes are just the diners in the sky. Yeah. Uh, so that title of your album that was. <laughs> But uh, or your book, I guess you yeah. know that you're gonna write one day about your travels. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, other than that, they were. I liked the small planes for how quick they were for boarding and you know getting off of. Yeah. Um, yeah. and everything like that. Landing in Philly, you said you've never been to the Philly airport. Wait, so. hold on. Window seat or aisle? Um, one flight window, the rest aisle. Which which um, do you prefer? I would have rather sat at the window seat. Yeah. Um, but they were like, I mean, just because I'm the kind of person where. Maybe because it's still flying is still new to me. I really just enjoy looking out the window. Dude, I still um, looking. I like looking yeah. out the window too. So I basically just like sat the entire flight from Manchester to Detroit, just like looking out the window, seeing what was going on. Um, I find it very interesting just to see things from above. Yeah. What? Do and, you, anything surprising? Um. Basically, Michigan's super boring from above. Um. Especially Southeast Michigan with all of just like this. This I don't know the suburbs and everything, and you see how expansive. It's just like the sprawl is of strip malls and just like there's just no greenery it's very just that last bit of flying that direction into detroit was kind of like wow this is really gross looking from above so did you go Um, over lake erie then for a while yeah yeah over erie was that part you probably hit part of canada and then come over every time i fly over a great lake i am just amazed at how big they actually are yeah that was very impressive and i also realized you know, flying in new hampshire and stuff when we were up in the northern part of new york i bet um would be my guess was just how i mean also just it's the thing we always say but it's just like how much green space there still is that people yeah. don't currently live on and is not taken over by people yeah and then other than that the other thing that's just like man they made roads really straight and there's 
farms are so perfectly square when you're flying over some farmland and areas. Yeah. It's just like little house, giant field of farmland, perfectly straight roads, grid system. You know, it's just like it's, it was, it's actually kind of visually pleasing. I'm going to say, yeah, do you find that satisfying or like discouraging in some way? Um, it's not the kind of farm I'd ever want to own. Like I, I look at those farms and think that's like 150 acres of just like a rectangle, you know, and to me, yeah. farming needs to have doesn't need to have but it's much more enjoyable when there's other things going on your property that's not just the farm um so they're not like farms that i would want to be on but it is a little encouraging to see there's that much farmland but then when you start thinking about what's being grown on it it kind of becomes discouraging and it's like oh this is just more corn and soybeans there's nothing there's nothing interesting going on down there or you know or wheat or something but okay all right then you were going to say something about uh landing in philly yeah in philly it's a lot like landing probably like i think it's we landed in LaGuardia that one time I came to visit you and landing at Logan, which I've never had to do, um, is basically just that you come right over the the river in Philly. Uh, okay. You come down really low. Um, and just like I always forgot how loud when they put out that landing gear it is. Uh-huh. So they drop the landing gear and you're like, holy shit, like that noise is just so loud and they can <laughs> hear the drag. Um, and it just seemed like they let out the landing gear so early on the Philly flight. Um, where you were like, is this normal? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, and because we were headed away from the airport when he first did it, like he, uh-huh. cause you, we kind of looped around and came back to land. Uh-huh. Um, and Haley was asleep, but was like, yeah, it was just like, and then, you know, just seeing yourself gliding right over the river before you touch down, um, was kind of a weird feeling. But, one time, one time flying into LA, we were coming into land and getting pretty low to the ground. And then the engines kicked revved in really high and we pulled mm-hmm. up and went back into this into the sky and that that was disconcerting yeah that would make me uncomfortable that was because i'm guessing that it was the runway was not as clear as they thought yep pilot Missed. came on and said something about they're like yeah there was like a plane still on the runway so gotcha nailed yeah and the other thing is like i about flying which is a complaint that i do hear all the time is that like you know how much time you spend taxiing at a runway yeah stuff um not a problem in Manchester or Grand Rapids or even really in Detroit. It wasn't when we were there. But in Philly, we were taxiing on the runway in line for 45 minutes before we took to the air. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, my. We got on this plane so long ago, and we haven't even gotten in the air yet. Yeah. It's just awful. Um, but I do actually – I really enjoyed looking out the window and watching just plane after plane take off. Yeah. Um, just like very organized one after the other. Um, it was kind of enjoyable. Cool. But, Good, good experience. Do you uh, do you have cool. any questions? Do you need any advice? Anything I can do to make it better for you? I definitely think I'm the kind of person when if I fly more than three times a year, I'm gonna get TSA pre-check just because oh, yeah, like it lasts five years, whatever. It's like it is 100 percent worth it. Um, I do. I mean, but even my security experience wasn't bad. Right. Um, but you were in small airports, so small airports, which definitely helped. Um, I definitely am going to always tend towards flying out of a small airport. Um. Yeah, I just it's nice enjoyed that. You that. Can do it. But sometimes they're more expensive to fly out of small airports. Definitely. And that was still the case for this flight. And, you know, when we're going home in October, I looked at flights. It was cheaper yeah. to go out of Boston. But the other yeah. thing with me is I have to get to Boston, and right. Manchester is actually closer. Um, and if I'm ever leaving a car, Manchester is cheap to leave your car at. So, right. but no, I don't feel as anxious as I used to about flying. Um, it's a lot easier to book a flight now and be like, oh, yeah, I can do that solo. It's, it's not a big deal. You're an adult. You can do this. <laughs> Good job. Good job, buddy. Thank you. I'm, Thank proud, you. I'm you proud know, of you. Some people, you know, come to that realization a lot younger in life. But you know what? We didn't fly much. So. That's true. We did not. We were a car family. I would still, sure. given the option to do something and I had the time, I would always drive. Oh, yeah. Um, road, road trips are so much better. Yeah. But, but yeah, obviously that's not attainable when there's a wedding on Saturday and you have to be back by Sunday yeah. night. So Yeah. Yeah, probably not. But that's good. Yeah, you All have right. any great advice to to give to me about uh, flying? Get pre-check. Uh, don't get a coffee. <laughs> don't get a coffee. Yeah, get a coffee in the terminal and bring it with you on the plane. Yeah, yeah. I was weird about. I don't know why I didn't think about bringing stuff onto the plane. I know that's yeah. what you're supposed to do, or people yeah. do. It's just so weird to see someone break out like a full-on dinner. It's like, well, ah. yeah, don't be that guy either. Like that is oh, terrible. The, the garlic smell on our last flight home was so strong. I wanted to choke whatever I was once, eating, like chicken shawarma yeah. or something. I once sat next to somebody who busted out a full, large Little Caesars pizza. Oh, that's cool though. That's no, like, it's not. That's, that's awesome. not cool at all. It's the worst. Did you ask for a piece? They didn't share it with me. Um, <laughs> well, it's just, they're probably they're probably like you. They eat seven of eight slices. They can't share. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's fine. Uh, but oh, the other thing that I've been doing recently, which has been great. So everybody always talks about, you know, don't check a bag, carry on, blah blah blah. 
I am super in to checking bags now. I, not because I pack a ton, but because I don't want to have to deal with a bag. Yeah, so I will, pa- I will pack into a carry-on sized bag, and then I will either just check it right when I get to the airport, or if they're it, it, almost always they're asking for volunteers to check bags at the gate. And yeah. as long as I don't have um, a layover, I will usually do that because I, I kind of don't want to risk losing the bag if there's a layover, especially a tight one. But if, I've, if I'm flying nonstop, which I usually am, I will try to check the bag. And then the second thing that I do then is try to board the airplane last because I don't want to sit on the airplane longer than I absolutely have to. And if I don't have a bag yeah. that I need to try to get space for above my seat and I just have my backpack, I just put it under the seat in front of me. Why get on earlier than I have to? It's just so a good point. I will sit there at the gate until they say, last call. I'm like, all right, here we go. Time to get on. It- is it still a common thing for luggage to be lost when you check a bag and have layovers? Is that uh, a thing we, it happened to us last er, – over whenever I, we went to Florida last, they, okay. they, they gate-checked our bags, and we had a layover in Atlanta, and they just lost it. And it took them days to get it back. We basically spent the entire trip without our bags. We got the bags back the night before we returned. Okay, that is brutal. So it is pretty rare, though. It is relatively rare. So um, those are my tips. Right, oh, and to- other than, you know, the, the usuals, getting to the airport nice and early, unless, unless, uh, unless. you have pre-check and clear, or, or clear, uh, and you, like, know the airport really well. So when I was doing the San Francisco commute, I knew precisely how long I needed. And again, I didn't want to spend any extra time in the airport. And because I had clear, I knew what there was... That? What's that? So clear is a thing that you pay for, and then you get uh, your photo taken, and they take your fingerprints, and then not all airports have it, but most, the ones that I tend to go to seem to have it. You, instead of going to the pre-check line or the regular line, you go to this kiosk where you put your fingerprint down, and it automatically recognizes who you are, and then they immediately take you to the front of the security line where you like are, and then you just immediately go right through security. Uh, so I can get through security in like five minutes or less with clear, which, which for me <laughs> was all about what it did was eliminate variability. So I yeah. knew that I could get to the airport yeah. at less with less time and get through with plenty of time. And that was a big thing when I was trying to minimize how much time I was spending in airports. That's like one of those priority passes at Disney or something. You're Basically. just cutting the front of the line. Basically, <laughs> flying. Basically yeah. And like for the first couple of times I did it, I just felt like a terrible douchebag businessman. Yeah. And then I very quickly got through, got past that. I was like, "Yeah, sorry, chumps, going to the front of the line." Other thing I'll say is, um, man, there's some just like interesting people out there that are just like, it's just like I don't know, people watching at an airport slash hoping they're not the one getting on your flight um, is very real. And I spent a lot of time yeah. doing that, just yeah. looking. And we did have we had two children on our last flight. Um, but it was a late flight, and luckily they were both very good, which was wonderful. Nice. That's why um, you need those uh, noise-canceling headphones. I know. Haley's got those. I'm, I need to get a pair. Yeah. Um, it's incredible what they can do. Yeah, it really <laughs> and is. then um, the other thing was they overbooked our first flight that morning. Oh, so they were asking um, for volunteers to give you like a voucher or something? They were, and we couldn't take it just because we had the yeah. layover. Unless they were offering – there were no other flights, though, to Detroit out of Manchester. But they were doing – we're getting people taxis down to Logan, which is like oh, an hour, wow. and then flying people out of there. Um, wow. but they were up, they were up to, uh, $800, I think. Hmm. And which is pretty decent, I guess. And yeah. I did hear a guy go like, they were calling for volunteers and he had three or four people. And the guy came up the first time and or someone like walked up and walked back and they finally raised the price. And a guy like just must've just walked in heard they wanted volunteers for our flight. And he was like, how much is it? And she's like, 800. He was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he went up and took it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah have you ever done that? You I've, ever done it, I've done it a couple times. Yeah. At least twice, I think. I, I have heard that it's I, I could see doing this if you were a pretty loose itinerary for what you were doing. Um, yeah. There's people that intentionally or are very to take the bu- bump every single time yeah. to just accumulate those those points and vouchers and, and credit card or those gift card things. So. Yeah, I think in my situation, it uh, it wasn't like I had to stay overnight or anything. It was like I had to fly out like an hour later. So like, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, that's worth it. Cool. Well, I think we may have recorded the most boring podcast of all time. Do you think we do you think we think we've done it? Yeah, I think so. I think we talked about the big topics people love to hear about, which is hey, I flew on a plane. Flew on a plane. Uh, no, actually this is probably our best episode. 
Yeah, it's good. We didn't talk about we talked about nothing too close to work, but that's all right. <laughs> Uh, this, this, is, this is how you know you're finding your groove as a podcast is once you once you have uh, comfortably moved beyond your premise, uh, yeah. then, you know, then it then it's free to become whatever it's meant to be. And you don't need the notes, you know, who needs notes? Yeah, notes. <laughs> well, the good news is that when my farm season winds down, we'll start diving into all these topics because my life becomes a lot more boring as of November 1st, usually. So all right. um, or guests, you know, guests yeah, we'll too, to have but some guests maybe. But I'll try and continue doing interesting stuff so that I can stay around and keep our podcast kind of interesting. All right, cool. But how well, did the storm? Um, you know what? It's looking pretty dark over my shoulder here. I think it might, it might go slightly south of us, which That's is just really, really bumming me out. Let me, let me take a look here. Let's take a look at this radar. Go storm chase that. Mm, we're gonna get like, like so. There's a, a very small red part, then the orange, and then the yellow, and then like the green. So we're definitely well within the green. And we're going to get kissed by, like, the yellow-orange-ish region. But the heavy red is going to go about 10 miles south of us, I think. So close. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. We haven't had uh, – we had our first good storm last week. But I'm holding out for – I don't think there's going to be many more. It's already starting to shift towards – it feels like fall around here. It's weird. Wow. Like we're getting cold mornings. And it gets hot during the day. But the, the cool, cool mornings right now. Um, jealous. It still feels I know, I like love it. The, the inside of someone's mouth here. <laughs> yeah, no, I felt like fall this morning. I was wearing a crew neck and I was holding my coffee mug. It was wonderful. Wow. Now right, it will. Well, hit, it's gonna hit ninety degrees on next Monday, so it's it's okay. short lived. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's uh let's call it a, let's call it a show right there. So this is uh I've been the Sam. Uh, I've been. Wait. It's been fields of work. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Say that again. You, we had a bad connection right when you said that. Oh, who am I? Yeah, no we don't knows. know. You're a big mystery man. Woo. Uh, I'm, I'm Max. Okay. Very good. And this was Fields of Work, and now we're done.